0: Like it, it wasn't easy, and I did a lot, maybe too much at times, especially trying to compete and do that. But I just knew, like, this is the platform I've been given, and, and I've got to be able to use it for the sport and for the next generation and for these young girls. Um, and it was just like, man, I grew up, you know, Dodger fan, and here now, um, these my daughter now, it's so cool. Like, she's watching softball on TV every weekend, you know, especially with postseason coming around. Like, it's It's just an honor to be a part of and to have the opportunity.
1: Jenny Finch is one of the most dominant and impactful softball players of all time. On the mound, she won an NCAA championship at Arizona, where she was twice named the national player of the year. With Team USA, Jenny won gold in Athens in 2004 and silver in 2008. Off the mound, she's credited with introducing a whole new generation of fans to the sport often considered the most famous softball player in history jenny retired from the sport in 2010 to focus on her family since then she has continued to stay involved with the sport as both a coach and a commentator jenny welcome to the show
0: hey thanks for having me
1: i'm so happy to have you thanks for taking the time um where are we finding you today
0: i am in louisiana and i'm outside and i'm sweating it's super hot oh summer's here
1: Yes. Well, it's like 95 degrees in D.C. today, so I can imagine how hot it is in Louisiana.
0: Yes, it's warm. It's warm. Yeah,
1: I'm sure. And the humidity is probably um, cranked up, too. Of course. Um, so we're going to jump into your legendary career, but I first want to start with, you know, where you're at today in life. Um and so what does like a day in the life of Jenny Finch look like right now?
0: Right now, I'm telling my kids to get off the internet because they're stealing all of our internet. I'm like, then you you could switch to the other one? I'm like, um, no, get off the Xbox, please. So that's right there. Welcome to my world. That so I have three is, kids.
1: That's incredible.
0: Yes. The battle is real. Internet is, well, especially we live in the country. So it's, we're kind of a little bit past dial up. Yeah, so it's um not the greatest. But yeah, we have three kids. Uh, 16 is our oldest ace. And then Diesel is our middle son. And he is what 10 and then I have a little girl that is nine. And so we are just in the thick of it loving it that watching them just do what they love and trying to keep them or keep our house just sane, I guess with the craziness of the schedule. Um, but yeah, I never know what the day is going to bring. Like I try, I try to work out. It doesn't happen as of late very often. Um, but I try to sneak it in every now and then today I did, I got up and ran bleachers. So that was a big win for me. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, so we have a business diamond D industries. It's a highline clearing and access business that we started about three months, three years ago. Excuse me. Okay. And so that's been, um, kind of like what we've been doing lately it's kind of taken off and we've had crazy hurricane storms down here which has led to a lot of business and crazy fast growth
1: yeah so um
0: yeah but it's good i'm ambassador for major league baseball i coach my daughter's team so i'm still in the game of softball which i love and fills my cup and i get to lead these little ones um so it's fun challenging but fun and yeah just we're we're living in Southwest Louisiana on a ranch with some cattle and kind of living the slow pace of yeah, life you're, somewhat.
1: You're living the life. I love that. Um, so you said your daughter plays softball. Did any of your sons get into baseball?
0: Yes. So, okay, both so of them- all
1: kids are playing softball or baseball.
0: Yes. Yeah. They play other sports too. So the, um, my oldest is just, um, going to be a sophomore. So he played uh football and basket or not basketball. He played basketball in middle school, but he just decided to go to sports for high school. So, um, football and baseball. And then my son, he plays, gosh, whatever's going on, football, basketball, and baseball, but we're in like the travel ball circuit of baseball and softball with the, with so, the two little ones. Yeah.
1: Nice. So you are, yeah, definitely busy. Um, so I want to go back to when you first started playing softball How did that come to be um, and what did like your intro to softball look like?
0: So I have two older brothers and they, but one's 10 years older, one's five years older. So they're quite a bit older. So our house was filled with boys and they played baseball, basketball, um, whatever sport was happening. Um, It was always just kind of a crazy sports filled house. Um, And I fell in love with softball. My parents signed me up to play t-ball when I was five. We were Dodger fans. Okay. So I wanted to be I wanted to be a dodger and as I got older I was like, wait a minute, there's no women in the major leagues. Like how did how is this gonna work? Yeah. Um but that kind of sparked the interest of I think the diamond sport and it just kinda clicked. And so I could I was bigger than a lot of kids still in. And so I could kind of throw hard and far. And so that kind of um led me down that path. Started pitching when I was eight.
1: Wow. So any other sports besides softball or did you try softball and you're like, I love this. This is what I want to do.
0: So I played softball all growing up, but I did play uh, volleyball, basketball all four years of high school. I loved it. Um, Volleyball was probably my favorite. Like my dream was to be like a beach volleyball player.
1: Never happened.
0: Um, I remember we were at like Pan Ams and like, we couldn't even beat like the security guards in Brazil, like of like the village that we were living in and me and my teammate got smoked and like All right there goes our beach volleyball plans for post softball life yeah. um but no love volleyball but love and I'm so thankful that I was able to play more than one sport um I mean softball was obviously kind of the prior- priority but um I just think it helped me in so many ways to be able to play more than one sport
1: yeah absolutely great so you started at five in softball but you started pitching mm-hmm. at eight So what led you into pitching because I'm not that well-versed in softball and how it develops. And, you know, I played T-ball one season. Then I was like, okay, this isn't for me. (laughs) So I don't know how the, the, you know, you go from you're playing your first season to then you're like, Oh no, I want to be the pitcher.
0: So I guess I think our coach like lined us all up and whoever could throw strikes. like That's what it comes down to. Like, yeah you got to be able to throw hard and make it to the home plate but like if you can throw strikes the ball is in your hand and of course like there's not much going on in the first few years of kid pitch and so it's like man you either want to be like pitcher catcher or first base because that's Mm. where all the action is um and so I could kind of sort of do both and uh it just kind of stuck
1: so was there any was did you weren't you weren't into catcher or first base you were just like no pitchers for me (laughs)
0: No. So I did, I did play first base. I'm six foot one. And so I feel like, you know, tall girls, Oh, you can, you can catch balls wherever, you know, with wingspan and reach and all of big target. So I played first base, played some third base as well. Um, yeah, so mixed it up some, but primarily like throughout my career, it was always pitcher first base.
1: And what drew you besides like, Oh, it's, you know, pitcher, first base catcher is something you're, you know, it's, it's a more active position in those younger years. Um, how quickly were you drawn into the technicality of pitching and just like what goes into perfecting that? Because it's such a specific technical position.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, like my dad became my pitching coach. And so it was kind of just ingrained and there's a lot of pressure because it's like, man, the ball's in your hands. And your teammates can kind of get away with not practicing during the week. But, like, as a pitcher, like, man, if you take time off, your timing's jacked up, you're not able to throw strikes, your speed, your consistency aren't there. Um, and those two things are, you know, critical in softball. And so I would say probably, like, 10 is when it got serious. I competed at my first nationals. And it's was like, okay, this could be something special. And then um, kind of hit the more competitive travel ball road after, after that. Um, and then kind of, that's just what I did. I'm sure you know it all too well, right? Like yeah. <laughs> just becomes, becomes
1: you. It, yeah. It kind of, it snowballs. Um, I did read, or I heard that you were, when you were 12, a coach told you that you'd never be a championship pitcher. Do you remember that? And do you think that changed your career or how you approach the game or how you, looked at yourself as a pitcher
0: heck yeah i totally remember it i just remember like that feeling of just being like what like just kind of being thrown a label and wait wait i haven't even had the opportunity to like pitch in a championship game so how can you tell me that you know um and then it became motivation honestly like it didn't last very long on that team because obviously i knew like this was not the positive environment and place that i wanted to be um and then led me down to the nationals six months later and we sent them home to california and i think just for me like that was a pivotal point for me not only as an athlete but as a person like wait a minute you know man who is this guy like yeah he has status in the softball world but he has no control or power over me or what i can do or can't do kind of thing and um i learned pretty quick too you know it's like you take whatever you want out of it. Like I could have been bitter. I could have been mad, which there was probably some of those emotions too, which, but I, you know, I was able to like redirect that into like fuel and determination and motivation. And so looking back, like I never would have dreamt that I would say like, I'm so thankful for that punk of a coach to say that, but I totally am like, I, yeah. you know, and, and all throughout my career, like some of the, God, those, those losses that just sting so bad. And, you know, looking back, but it's like, man, like, if I didn't have that loss, if I didn't endure that, like, I would have never been able to reach the point that I, that I was and and appreciate those victories.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, so you said that was around 12 and you ended up sending that team home later on. Yeah. From national. So we played in Tennessee and
0: um we're playing and we ended up beating them and it was like for us that was like our championship game like see uh you know yeah um, we we went on and sent them home back to california
1: nice so So at what point in your teen years were you like i i can be and will be a championship and one of the best pitchers ever did that cross like at what point were you like oh i could i could be that
0: Well, I feel like you get that question a lot. Like, when did you know that you made it? And it was like, did I ever make it? Like, man, when you're in the thick of it, like you're just trying to stay and, you know, compete and earn the ball in your hand, earn trying to be on the spot. And I think too, you know, like being a part of the national team and all of that, it's like, man, like you win. And then you're already thinking like, man, I got to, I have to try out, you know, a couple months later, like you never, ever know you make it. So I think you just stay in the grind and and that's the fun part is trying to maintain
1: that. For sure. I, I completely agree as well. So you said national team. Was there youth national team growing up and did that funnel you into the full team? Like what did that look like for softball?
0: Yeah, so for us, um, like we had national championships and that was ASA, which was our governing body. So they were ASA, USA softball. Um, now it's just USA softball. But so that kind of led to it. We I competed at um a juniors game. I think I was 16 in Georgia and that was like my first international experience. Um and then I got the opportunity to be on the junior Olympic team and compete in Taiwan. And so uh <coughs> excuse Bless me. You. Dang it. Sorry. <laughs> um, good. I couldn't hold it in. I tried. Oh, you gotta uh, let it out. <laughs> <laughs> um gosh, what was I? 18 I think okay headed to Taiwan Um, and just what a thrill that was like my first just international experience like I've been to Tijuana before uh, but that was it you know and here we were traveling across the world to go play softball and I just remember thinking like man and just so in awe of just the different cultures and traditions and style of play and just the ways of communication and and all of those things, like just, wow, how eye opening it was. And just what a great experience that was.
1: Yeah. And to think that that was the beginning and you would go all over the world for softball and compete in Olympics and, um, win a gold medal, which is incredible. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but I first want to talk about, or I want to touch on before we get to gold medals, Arizona, Mm -hmm. how did you end up at Arizona? What made you want to go there? So honestly, I had four
0: girls that I played travel ball with, and they were a year older than me, and they went to Arizona, <laughs> and so it was like, man, those are my girls. And they were, I ended up taking like two trips because first of all, I didn't really like to be away from home much, and then it was like I narrowed it down. I knew I wanted either University of Washington or Arizona, and um, went to Washington, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing! Like just being a part of being able to see and tap into you know collegiate athletics in the world of um college sports was just so I, mean, I just remember being like this is this is incredible and my parents like you need to get home go to arizona and they decide and i remember like <laughs> went home went to arizona and the first night i called home i was like this is where i want to go so
1: really wow i just quick. i
0: felt it yeah i felt it um coach kandrea was just like a second father figure kind of to all the team and just under his leadership and the, the whole town um the way they just embraced college softball and the platform and, um, the tradition, I would say probably was one of the biggest factors going in of just the tradition of winning a national championship and and of excellence. Like I wanted to be a part of that.
1: That's awesome. Uh, how old were you when you committed?
0: Um, I was, I want to say it was the beginning of my senior year or like okay. end of junior year.
1: Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't so not like too early, but... early. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm always curious about that because, yeah, because I feel like so many athletes or, you know, teenagers looking to go to college feel the pressure to commit so early. And it's put on Mm -hmm. them by parents, by coaches, even other players sometimes, just because one player commits, the next one wants to do it too. So I'm always curious uh, because I committed, like, beginning of my senior year. So um, And I always think it's, like, good to wait and think about it. But uh, so what was – so you you had friends at arizona you knew you know you knew some of the players that were there but how was the transition from high school to college
0: it was intense it was intense but it was so fun like this was a dream world i mean like i'm not gonna lie like the education was incredible i probably didn't appreciate or i know i didn't appreciate it like i should have but i was there to i was there to play softball and win a national championship and to be able to be under Coach Kandrea and to be around these women who were amazing and pushed me beyond my limits and the strength coach and to have this whole environment and whole team like there to try to assist you and help you and guide you and then to be able to do it with you know your sisters the sisterhood of of being an Arizona Wildcat was everything it was a dream for sure it was it was a lot of hard work um you know time management that was like I would say the biggest I'm sure Right, you know it all too well. Just being able yeah. to be on your be on your own and having to be disciplined about what you're doing, how you're doing it, um, all of those things. But it was um, some of the best years of my life for sure.
1: When you got to Arizona, were you already thinking, "How am I going to use college to take me to the next level to be going to a Olympics one day?" Or were you? were you not even thinking that far in advance? You were more so thinking or focused just on having the best college career you could have.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it was like this season, Mm. this next, this next game. I feel like, like, of course you dream and you hope, but there, you know, other than the Olympics, there wasn't there still to this day, like we're struggling so hard to provide an opportunity for us to continue on and play. And so us it was like the olympics but there's only what 15 girls to go on and play the olympics and so it was just this is it this is you know i dreamt of being an olympian and um i remember watching the sydney olympic games that was while i was in college Mm. and so i just remember like man i would love to do that but honestly like this next national championship was the priority and where i was and and i think it was so uncertain and like up in the air really as far as like what the potential opportunities were besides that for the top 15 and I mean there was what my first year on the Olympic team There was four women of that 15 that had competed in the two Olympics prior to so it's like you know not only is there only 15 spots but like four of them are taken from these veterans that have been there so there's not that much you know opportunity to go there so just to be able to be a part of it was a dream and a thrill but I couldn't really see that in college it was more of just man trying to win a national championship.
1: Well, you smashed your college career, um, especially your junior year at Arizona. It was one of the most dominant pitching stretches ever. I want to read off these stats because, uh, they're pretty insane. You went 32 and zero with a 0.54 ERA all while hitting 0.313 with 11 doubles and 11 homers at the plate. You didn't lose a single game that you pitched and which just goes to show like a lot of people chase a perfect game but you were basically you had a perfect season so and then on top of that you pitch a shutout in the championship game to win the title so that to me is just like i see you smiling which i like well, can, I, can i just tell you like <laughs> before that championship game it was like
0: do not let this be the game that you lose right like so okay just I that wanted, that was just crazy, but no, I had an insane team behind me. They I mean, just the best, the best, the best defense, best offense. um, it was truly a team effort, but it was a dream season for sure,
1: yeah, I mean, it's insane. like it's such it's an incredible in in every category, amazing. so you said that going into the championship game, you're like, don't let this be the game that you mess up or, you know, you Well, like
0: you're, I mean, as an athlete, you're like that. You don't want to give in to that negative voice, but yes, it's, it's, it's there. And how can you not? And, you know, it was this whole hype leading up of undefeated season and all of this. So every game, it was like, is she going to do it? Is she going to do it? You know? And I tried to always just deflect it like back to the team. And honestly, like I could care less about my, personal stats it was winning a national championship we had eight seniors that year Mm -hmm. and they would have been like the first class not to win a national championship in like the last 13 14 years or something and so it was like my pressure you know I wanted it more for them than anything because there was eight of them in that class above me um and so man I just you wanted to be the last team standing you didn't really care about the personal stats you know that was
1: extra I guess yeah I can absolutely relate to that I'm curious though I, I talked to Sue Bird about what it was like to be an undefeated college basketball team. And mm. she said it was actually relaxed in a sense because they were all so individually locked in and like knew exactly what they had to do. So I'm curious if that, if you guys felt similarly or no, there was a lot more pressure, tension, expectation. Because I, My senior year at Stanford, we went undefeated until the national championship, and then we lost. And I felt immense stress and pressure and, like, did Mm. not feel like, oh, we got it not in the bag. I don't think that's what she was saying, but I didn't really feel relaxed in any way, shape, or form. So I'm curious if you can relate to that or if you felt differently.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think... I think I would say I was pretty relaxed and that, just so confident, so confident in my teammates, my defense, my training, my preparation, our coaching staff, like so confident. So like, but then you get to that final game and it's like, okay, here we go. Like, did we do all of this to, you know, like, and so I, you know, towards the end, I guess I was feeling more, but then it was just like this constant, like, no, one pitch at a time, one pitch at a time. And you know, just kind of more focused, you just try to shift your thinking like away from that as as much as possible, even though it's kind of there, but you just try to bury it, I think. And just for me, it was more of just, okay, like being present in the task at hand, like who's the next hitter? What's the next pitch versus just thinking about kind of the situation and all of that,
1: you know? How did it feel when you won the national championship game and to know that you pitched a shutout?
0: Oh, I could care less about that. Like we just won. Like I, it was honestly like I was so relieved because these eight seniors were like my big sisters, and they won. Like they have a championship. My mission's done. Like I'm good. I can. I can. I can relax now because they have a ring and
1: yeah. we did it. And like yeah. before,
0: we had we would have like themes and just a lot went into it. And that year, we're just like screw it. Like win the last game. Just like, win. It's win. Like it was like we don't want anything. We don't want any themes, mantras, nothing. Like. We just want to get there we want to win like let's go
1: themes meaning like uh sayings or something around the team right okay. yeah like you know okay.
0: how you open up the season kind of like this mm. is going to be our whatever got
1: so like, it we don't want any no. of that like no <laughs>
0: we're, we're done with the nonsense like we just we just need to win and that's that's what matters
1: i love that oh that's so good you're now you've been a coach you've been a commentator um you've stayed very involved in the game so if you gave a scouting report on yourself what do you think it was that made you such a dominant pitcher
0: I don't know I mean I would just say like spin on the ball hitting location Mm. um and I could probably throw I mean I could I could throw to pretty much like any area so it wasn't you know my dad always instilled in me like I never want you to have a go-to pitch because if you have a go-to pitch then everyone pretty much knows what's coming and so it was like I I always strive to like be able to throw any pitch in any count, any situation. And obviously there were certain parts of my career where like two or three pitches were better than my other ones, or one was, you know, more dominant. But for the most part, like I had kind of tools in my back pocket to kind of pull out if I needed to.
1: What would you, I love that. But what would you, if you were a scout or you were scouting yourself for a, a hitter, what would you tell a hitter, as to like what, how they could hit hit your pitches. I would ba- say a batter. It's called a batter, not a hitter. Batter. <laughs> no, it's both. It's,
0: you're good. You're good. Hitter or batter. Okay. Um, oh my god. I would say just attack early because mm. I like to get ahead in the count. Um, my pitches are for the most part around the zone, you know, and so it's just man, get ahead early in the count. Don't go deep because then you're gonna get, you know, one of her nasty pitches sneaky ones <laughs> wait okay. does i prefer does... nasty over sneaky but maybe sneaky okay. maybe change up okay but i don't, I don't pitches, know like yeah. crazy break
1: like mm-hmm. man good luck mm-hmm. you know nasty spend pitches the, I, the ball, like crazy. I like that um get ahead early means like swing on one of your first pitches yeah so okay like,
0: good pitchers try to get ahead earlier and then man i have two strikes Mm. I can mess around I can throw junk I can kind of try to get him to chase
1: got it yeah I love it I love the strategy that goes into it because it's just like I feel like it's mind games half the time
0: oh totally I mean I mean a lot of it's physical but then again, it's and and I think the greatest part of a game is like the camaraderie between you and your catcher
1: Mm. and just
0: like you said that strategy of like hey this is our plan of attack and you know um a lot of coaches call signals now and I was like "Ah, like I couldn't I would not want my coach to call a pitch just because I feel like my catcher and I like we got this and there's just something about you know pitching and receiving and that feeling of being in it and seeing where their hands are where they're standing in the batter's box all of those things
1: meaning where the batter's hands are yes Okay, so the, yeah, so the catcher's like, oh, I think this batter's trying to do this, and then they signal to you, you should do this.
0: Right, or just like <laughs> their swing, or what they're looking for, you know, or even like where they're standing in the batter's box.
1: Yep, okay. I love Kinda that. Take, That's so Taking
0: cool. in all that information that like a coach on the sidelines will be able to. I mean, you have stats, and you have tendencies, and you have, the, you know, the scouting report, but there's something about being in it in that moment, like, man, this is the pitch I want to throw right now. For sure.
1: So – you, you leave college, a national champion, um, have an incredible college career. You, you said that in college you were very much so focused. Next game, next pitch, weren't looking ahead. So at what point did you realize Athens, right, 2004, was a possibility? And how did that look leading into that and, and making that team?
0: So I think after, you know – Winning the national championship, I think, and that was in 2001. So it's kind of like setting, I made the world championship team in 2002. um, And that was our first or my first event of like on the national stage of of women's, you know, not just junior, but um, and then for us, world championships is the only other event besides the Olympics that the whole entire world competes in. So that's a big event for us. It's man, it's the Olympics. And then in between the Olympic years is world championships. And that's um, our two big events. And so I knew I was like, man, okay, I, I, I need to be on that world championship team and then made it got the experience. Um, and then ended up kind of staying on the national team until obviously the Olympics in '04. And,
1: and what did it, experience? what did it that. feel like to become an Olympian?
0: So it was oh, so many emotions. I, like, it was a, a, a complete dream. And here I was, like, I was in Lisa Fernandez's autograph line for her, for like, the Atlanta games, you know, like, when they came on tour. And now, and, like, in the bullpen with her, training with her, teammates with her, like, what? This is just insane. Um, and so you're you're in awe, but at the same time, like, you're with them, and you're one of them, you know. Um and so Kat and I were the two young pitchers on the staff kind of, you know, coming in. And um, Lisa was obviously the veteran um, and Lori Harrigan was the veteran. So we had a, just a great mix of, of young and old and, and our leadership and being able to go to Athens, Greece was just surreal. Like right where, where the Olympics began. And um, yeah, and I remember, but like at the same time you put on that uniform and it's like, I still don't feel like an Olympic. Really? You know like you made the Olympic team but it's like man like when it's you it's just different right mm. and then having gone through the games then it's like okay like I just did that. Mm. But then I remember so you- like coming home and I'm like sitting on the couch and being like I'm an Olympian but like you know
1: like it's just I don't I don't know how to I don't know. You share like how did you feel? Um it, it's I I can understand that experience and perspective of like I'm an Olympian and then like you're going through it and you're like oh like this is the Olympics and to to me it was the the pressure and the expectation and the desire to win so like that's the full focus it's we I really didn't get to feel Olympic until maybe after we won Um because we didn't yeah, go to I the agree. opening ceremonies Same, yep. um, and so it, it just felt like not another tournament by any means but just yeah I can I can see how it's a surreal experience, especially I, I, as a kid, very much. So Olympics was what I saw as the pinnacle of sport, as opposed to like soccer world cup being the pinnacle. Um, so to me it was like to be an Olympian is to be like the most elite level of an athlete. Um, so I think for me, that was my biggest thing and and the feeling of team USA. Cause you're like that. That's what I always think about when I think Olympics is, your teammates with all these other athletes on all these other sports or in all these other sports and I think it's such a cool surreal yeah experience I guess totally I know yeah. we didn't
0: go in 04 to the opening and I just remember like sitting in next to Natasha Watley we were like in the training room because that's the only way we could see the opening and yeah. I was like Tosh I feel like we're on the couch at home like are we really here like are we here and I totally can relate to you you're so task oriented and it, it, it's business. Like it's not Olympics. Like it's, it's there to get your job done. Um, and I know with both of us, you know, just the standard of, of gold and excellence. So being a part of that, being able to, yeah. try to maintain it and carry that. So
1: at what point did you feel Olympic like did you feel like once you guys won the gold medal game and you're getting the the medal placed around your neck like when did you feel like oh I'm an Olympic gold medalist yeah probably
0: like coming home really you know like I mean yes the gold medal podium for sure and then you're like man I have this that I've heard so many people talk about and my teammates talk about and you know man like we spent our whole lives in the last year as a unit training for this one moment, you know? Um, And then coming home is like, we did that, you know, like we just did that. And then to see us on the cover of sports illustrated and, you know, just to see the platform that we had for softball and the doors open for our sport was, was really, really cool.
1: So what did between 2004 and 2008 look like for you in terms of playing and staying prepared for Olympics in 2008 because you've kind of touched on it how softball's had a very rocky standing and you know there's not a lot of opportunity even today there's not a ton of opportunity for players to play post college unless they're playing um for the national team there's AU now but what so what did your preparation and how did you stay on top of your game for those four years.
0: Yeah. Um, so actually I ended up getting married in 05 and then I ended up getting pregnant. And so I had my son, May of 2006. And I just remember calling coach and being like, coach, I'm pregnant. And he'll be By like, well, and I'm like, but I'll be back. I'll be back. And, um, and then that year it was leading up to Beijing and our world championships in 2006 was in Beijing. And so I just remember, like, thinking, like, I have got to make that world championship team in order to be ready for 2008 and Beijing, to have the opportunity to go over there, see what it's like, get that experience under my belt. Um, And so, yeah, it was, gosh, you know, getting married and then coming off of the 2004 Olympics and that whole kind of just, man, I I was traveling a ton and um, just getting able, getting to do, you know, so many amazing things um and seeing our sport being able to just man have that light on on it and our athletes um was a dream and then boom it was like motherhood and being a wife just came like that and then it was like but i i still want to play i still want to compete and so i kind of just um had that mindset throughout i ended up making I we had tryouts i think six weeks after i had my son and i was able to try out um it Dang. was kind of a miracle as far as you're yeah, trying so.
1: out six weeks after you had your son yeah that is incredible oh my god <laughs> yeah and
0: honestly like the same thing I was so in it that I didn't really you know and then like having my other two I was like holy cow I can't even imagine you know but it was just this mindset thing of like this is what I'm gonna do um and so yeah go and then going in I feel like in 2008 it was this man when when you're like I packed up my son for 18 days to go to Beijing with us for the world championships and it's just that perspective of there's so much more. And mm. and when I am away, like, it means that much more. Like, if I'm going to sacrifice my time away from him, then it, it's I'm going to be all in no matter what, you know? Um, and being able, to too, to come home and be like, man, he could care less. I mean, I always like to think that he wanted me to win, and he liked me a whole lot better when I did win. Or I'm I liked sure myself, probably, right? A lot better when I did win, um, when yeah. we won. But, um, yeah, so just perspective of like there was so much more out there than just softball
1: yeah I love that so but like you said perspective there's so much more out there than softball however you are still fully committed because you like you said six weeks post-pregnancy you're trying out for the world championship team you make that team and then you again make Beijing 2008 so as you like at what what was the lead up into Beijing like as compared to Athens in the sense of you, I think before the Olympics started, you guys knew that this was the last time softball was going to be in the Olympics. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, So what was, so what was that, what was the lead in to that Olympics? Like compared to the last one, knowing one you're in a different place in life. And then two, this is the last opportunity to be, olympian as a softball player
0: yeah you know even still to this day it's like how in the world it just it seems surreal is the only word that i can think about like you know we coming off of 04 and our sport had you know never yes been able to do what you know we had and and to see i think the progression from 96 the first olympics um, for countries around the world, like they're, mm. they're finally getting established and like they're coming in competing hard against us. And to see just these programs and the youth being able to look forward to the Olympic Games and the funding and all of these programs worldwide that have, you know, finally now like are at a point where, okay, they have their feet under them and now they're coming in competing hard. And so, we are right there on the cusp of kind of breaking through, I think, worldwide with our sport. And then just boom, it was just honestly like a death, you know, and it was like, and two, I think just being, you know, a title nine kid and man, like every year something else was added. There was more to look forward to. There was more opportunity. I remember, you know, in high school, like my parents would cut out any article on a female athlete, like, You know, forget softball. Like it was any female athlete that I just wanted to tap into and read about and and hear about. Um, and then here we made it to the cover of Sports Illustrated, and then just wiped out. Like, and it was almost like, okay, this isn't going to happen. they're going to find a way. Yeah, they're they're going to make it right. Like, it there's just it didn't make sense. Um, and I think the hardest part was knowing, you know, especially the younger girls on our team and the girls that were like lining up to make the next quad. Um, and the little girls, I mean, you're going around doing these tours and you just have to look them in the eye and be like, man, the goal that we had, you can't have, or it's not, it's not there. Yeah. But that's stay so hopeful, tough. you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, it's like a pretty crappy, uh, it's yeah. Just, I, I still can't believe that it's was taken away, brought back, taken away again. So I, it's, it's very odd to me. Um, and I can't imagine as an athlete, like you said, it was like a death. Like that's a dream that mm-hmm. you kind of have to mourn because it's no longer an opportunity. It's no longer, there's no longer a chance that you can or should dream it. Um, so I think for a
0: female athlete, you're like pushing towards more for the next generation. Like you want to do what the women before you did. Um, and luckily our college game here in the U S but man, like just those countries all over the world that, are so hopeful of the national team and that you know opportunity and now it's just wiped away
1: yeah so beijing 2008 you guys win silver um obviously not the way you know you wanted to go out no one wants to win silver that's just the reality it's still a medal though and like i say that because i've won a bronze and i'm like it's better than nothing but um how can you talk about that feeling once that final game was played and like just even, do you, do you remember what you were thinking and what was going through your mind as that Olympic chapter came to a close? Well, it was, oh, we were crushed. Like not, you know, it was like
0: the thought of it not being in the next Olympics and then let alone like walking away with silver, it was a devastating blow. Like, For us, the standard was gold and nothing but gold. Um, And then everyone kind of saying like the best thing for our sport would be that Japan won because it would be proving to the world that softball is growing. Mm. And globally, you know, these other countries are catching up. And so it's like, man, like, I don't, you know, of course we want good for this sport and world, but we we wanted to win, win. you know, totally. And I just remember coach like, bringing us together after we were devastated and crushed and so many emotions now right both like we lost and a huge loss for our sport um and you just said that there's going to be a lot harder things in a silver medal
1: Mm. and
0: that's going to come your way and it's so true and that is it's still hard to look at and it still stings I'm not going to lie um but at the same time like man it's like you said it's a medal how many people let alone even make it to the olympics let alone come home with the medal yeah but we're
1: competitors and we want to win for sure no definitely so 2010 you retired mm-hmm. what went into that decision for you um so my husband played
0: baseball he was in triple a at the time and it was just a grind like literally I, I had my son ace with us on the road and then I, I would fly home and see him for like two days and then fly back. And so it was like two days, three days, a month. Um, it's funny. He like walked into the clubhouse with Casey, my husband, and he threw a ball underhand. And I just remember like him, Casey coming out and be like, okay, it's time. Like it's time. Like we, we got it. We got to get him going. And he, he was about for him to start. Like uh, he would, gosh, so we started kindergarten in twenty eleven. And so it was like, man, I want to have more kids. He was four. Um, and I just felt like it was it was time. And we ended up going to the world championships in honestly in 2010. Mm-hmm. And hey, okay, this is our time to get the gold back to the US. We ended up beating Japan. So it's kind of like closure in a way, like, okay.
1: That's actually a okay. great time and reason, you know, to retire. Like that you can't to me I think anyone who can retire on a win redemption any sort of that type of thing it's a it's a great way to go out do you think totally. that you and I, and I
0: was ready I had I had a piece within okay. me like I was I was wanting to have more kids I was I was ready to just kind of slow it down to some degree um and get to see my husband honestly and man, it's like hard enough doing long distance when it's just you two, but then like throw a kid in the mix and it's, man, we lived on airplanes and it was nuts.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine having two people playing, having the softball baseball lifestyle. I mean, athletes in general, but like baseball is just another level of insanity when it comes to schedules. I can imagine. Um, so you've, you've touched on a, a handful of, or you, you talked about your college coach being a big, um, a mentor and you know having having a big impact on your career and our sponsors at WIS know that mentorship is key to building a more inclusive and positive some world and that a great coach can make all the difference in someone's career so looking back at your incredible career who is that coach or mentor from your early days that had a major impact on you today
0: um i would say my dad
1: oh i love he, that.
0: Um so he was never my team coach, but he was kind of evolved into my pitching coach. And he just, man, like he set the bar so dang high. Like, I don't even think I ever came close to the bar, but he knew how far to push without pushing too much, Mm. but not letting me be comfortable. And I think forcing is a strong word, but like pushing me into those situations to where I was growing I think as a person as an as an athlete and um man like every single pitch he would kind of critique you know there was always something to be working on and something to correct and so as much as it was you know it was rough and annoying at times I'm so thankful for him because especially now being a parent you're like that role sucks like that is the worst role but like you have to do it, you know, yeah. you have to, That it's that tough love that is going to push you into greatness and it, to lead you to whatever passion you have and to bring out those gifts within you and embracing those hard moments and keeping you challenged um, and seeing that greatness within you. I think honestly, like he, he would always say like he, he believed in me when I didn't even believe in myself.
1: I love that. Um, so switching gears from mentorship to something that's not different, but so you, you talked about how in 2004, you guys, when you come home and you were crazy busy appearances, I'm sure photo shoots, you were the face of softball. So at what point did you stop and think like, Oh my God, like I'm famous. I want to know if there was ever a moment where you're like, Oh God, like, I, I don't know why I'm saying it like it's a bad thing, but um, I guess I just like, because that was, I remember you in 2004 being like, oh my God, like she's one of the most popular athletes in America. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like I was,
0: I, I just remember like flying and things like that. And I just remember being like, I play softball, like, and it's like, how did this even Get here, you know, like I'm just a softball player. Mm. Um, and so just it was just so cool for I think young girls and for our sport to be able to, you know, kind of relate to and push towards and have these opportunities. That, um, and I have to say too, like, man, like it, it wasn't easy, and I did a lot, maybe too much at times, especially trying to compete and do that. But I just knew, like, this is the platform I've been given and, and I've got to be able to use it for the sport and for the next generation and for these young girls. Um, and it was just like, man, I grew up, you know, Dodger fan and here now, um, these my daughter. Now it's so cool. Like she's watching softball on TV every weekend, you know, especially with postseason coming around. Like it's, it's just an honor to be a part of and to have the opportunity.
1: I, I mean, I think it's, Pretty cool. And I read that you produced the first softball specific product line with Mizuno and Mm -hmm. before that softball players had to buy pretty much just baseball products. So to me, that, that just shows the impact that you had, you were, you had the ability to take a company and be like, no, you need to make softball specific products. And they weren't doing that before. Like, how does that impact knowing that you had that and you were a catalyst for that? What does that feel like?
0: Just so cool. I mean, Dot Richardson and Lisa Fernandez, like they had their first signature bats, right? Mm. So that to me was like, holy cow, like this is possible, you know? And then for me to have the opportunity to work with Mizuno and Mizuno be invested in actually like, okay, we can't just put softball on a pair of baseball cleats. Like we're going to design these cleats for not only the game of fastball softball, but the female athlete and how the female athlete body works, you know? And so just to be able to combine technology, I think, and the opportunity. And here, like, man, softball was always slow-pitch. So it's like you could have a softball glove, but it was a slow-pitch glove. Um, and now you walk into any store and see a whole, basically, like, aisle of fast-pitch, fast, fast pitch, you know, equipment. So
1: super cool, cool to see
0: how far we have come.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. And it's like you you were part of, you know, like you said, there were players that came before you, but you definitely are a player that laid the groundwork and foundation for, you know, girls to look up to you and have the opportunity to buy softball specific products, which is just silly to think that they weren't made before, but um, it's the reality. Another thing that, you know, contributing to your legacy, you've teamed up with Arm & Hammer to create the Jenny Finch Empower- Empowerment Award, which acknowledges deserving players from around the country who best embody the values of a champion, both on and off the field with a $10,000 scholarship. This is amazing. I love this. Can you talk a little bit more? Because I think more people should know about this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I am so thankful to be partnered partnered and um, the opportunity to work with Arm & Hammer and invest in young athletes. Um It's been really neat just to see Major League Baseball dive in to the grassroots level and care about women in sports, you know, girls baseball, girls softball, and then to be able to team up with Arm & Hammer and shine a light on these young ladies who are so remarkable. I mean, they're, and I, I always go to these events and, you know, meet these young ladies and I'm like the one supposed to be coming to inspire and encourage. And like I always leave so inspired and awe of just everything that they are. Um, so it's really cool just to be able to meet these young stars and um, see what they've been able to overcome and what they're hopeful for for their future and just give them a sense of like, we believe in you. You can do this, go shine sister. We we're here to cheer you on and support you. So I'm so thankful for Arm & Hammer and them investing in women.
1: I love it. One last thing I want to talk about before we do our quick hitting questions to end. You used to do, or you might still be doing, um, this Jenny challenge where you would strike out a lot of MLB players. And yeah, I'm not doing that. Any- no, <laughs> no, <laughs> longer. no, no. no okay. No. Well, you were, and I can ask
0: quite a bit though, but I'm like, nope, nope. You're like, out. not,
1: not today. Um, yeah. What's the best story in terms of striking out an MLB star? Because Cal Ripken Jr. is quoted as saying that, like some some MLB players were like, "Nah, I'm not gonna do it. I don't want to be embarrassed, like, and not be able to hit off of Jenny." But I'm like, what makes you think you can? You know? So, I I I think it was great. Do you have anything like any funny stories from doing that?
0: Yeah, just so fun. I think just to be able to kind of, I mean, Alex Rodriguez standing in the batter's box and. Like looking up and saying, like, that's a Randy Johnson slider. You know, so just I think to be able to compare yeah the, the two yeah. totally and and the reaction time. So when I release the ball, I'm at thirty-six feet from the hitter. Um, so my seventy-two mile an hour screwball is equivalent to high nineties in mm. baseball as far as reaction time. So to have these guys standing there and and not that we had to have them validate us and what we do, but you know, it's one it's one thing to watch softball and see it, but then like to actually like be in there and realize how quick the game is um and how fast it is and how much our pitches move you know all of those things um so was really cool um yeah I always kind of end like my speeches and stuff with um I was like 36 and 0 or something against the major leaguers it was my third season
1: this (laughs) week in baseball
0: so I'd interview the player and then at the end like hey you want to try to hit off me and usually like by this time both teams would come out and um watch you know managers and all that and and it was so funny because the first time the first spring training that i did this like everyone was like no she can't do it like liability we don't want the players to get hurt and like um gosh it, one of the managers comes out and was like i'll do it and um i ended up striking him out and then um mike cameron came out of center field and he was like give me the bat i'm doing it at that point no one's stopping him right so like that's really what opened the door to do it um but yeah I, I, Scott Spezia over at Angel Stadium, and I would always throw two rise balls and kind of make them look silly on the third pitch with a change-up. And Stacey Newman, our Olympic catcher, uh, was there catching, and so she knew third pitch is going to be a changeup. So I'd rise ball, swing, and a miss, and I always, like, climb the ladder, throw it a little bit higher, bigger of a swing, like they're digging down now, right? Um, and bigger of a swing means, like, just worse. Like, you got to shorten up and stay quick. But they're, like, not trying to make contact. They're trying to go yard. Yeah. Um, and then third pitch, trying to snuck – i tried to sneak in a change up and he, he hit he makes contact and he looks up he's like finch you gotta mix it up and i was like what he was like scouting report was third pitch is gonna be a change up i was like
1: what <laughs> you gotta be kidding me they had so a scouting like,
0: report on you totally. Totally. oh my god so tell young girls like hey i never made it to the big leagues but i had a scouting report the big leagues you never know where your dreams will take you keep dreaming that, keep believing go boys. that
1: is such a good story oh my god that's amazing that is so good uh that like made my week right there um <laughs> all right we've this has been incredible thank you for taking the time we're gonna close with some quick fire questions so the first one is where do you keep your olympic medals uh in our safe smart <laughs> yeah it's uh, fireproof okay yeah no that's that's definitely the smart answer uh when was the last time you clocked yourself on a pitch oh gosh
0: I don't know um at practice not too long ago one of the moms like had their little phone radar gun out because she thought they I was throwing us. hard like yes but they're terrible and so I was uh, at practice and I, I guess she thought I was throwing too hard to the girls but I'm like we're late like we're late we have to be able to hit fast pitching so I was speeding it up and She's like you're throwing 72 i was like if i'm throwing 72 like put me on the field because i'm gonna still go compete and play like i am not throwing 72 so um probably that was the last time
1: oh so. that's that's great and well. i had to break it to her. i'm like i'm throwing like 52 that's about it that's yeah. all oh my goodness um all right besides yourself who's the greatest softball pitcher ever
0: oh lisa fernandez hands down she's she's
1: the goat all right how do you take your coffee
0: coffee normally black okay but if i'm feeling a little edgy or just needing a little sweet something i'll add some cream and some flavoring or something
1: all right um who has been the biggest inspiration in your life
0: um i would say my parents
1: i love it backbone yeah support system absolutely all right and then have you been following this year's college world series clearly you have
0: have yes i cannot wait i'm headed there on thursday so are you yes bear down arizona (laughs) (laughs) who's
1: your who's your pick to take it all arizona they're gonna do it. i gotta go arizona (laughs) heck yes yes all right it's not gonna be an
0: easy road but i gotta go with my wildcat
1: all right i love it well that is all i have for you today um jenny thank you so much for the time it was great to talk to you again I remember seeing you back in the day, absolute legend, celebrity, just have done so much for the sport and, you know, female athletes in general. So thank you for that. And, um, keep being amazing.
0: Thank you. Right back at you. It's an mm-hmm. honor. And I feel like, like, man, I need a podcast because like every question you would answer, ask me, I'm like, I going to know her answer. <laughs> yeah, right? So if I we- start a podcast, you better be on it. You got it,
1: girl. I'll be there. Okay. All, All right. right. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to tune in next week and hit the subscribe button to be alerted when a new episode drops. Our show is produced by Just Women Sports. For more amazing sports content, go to JustWomenSports.com and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I'm Kelly O'Hara, and you've been listening to The Player's Pod. See you next time.